0: Hello everyone, it's so good uh, to have you tuning in with us today. I'm so thankful that you're taking some time out of your busy schedule uh, just to stop everything that you're doing and just be with us uh, today for the Word of God. If you have your your Word with you, your Bible with you, your phone, be sure you open up the Word with us today to Mark chapter 4. I will be beginning in verse 35, reading through verse 41 today. And as you're turning there, I just want uh, once again, just want to say thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, share our podcast and share it with a friend who may be needing it. Put it on social media. Let's get the word out all across uh, the Internet. I know churches now are streaming, and so right now the word is going out all across this nation from churches all across this nation. So it is so great that the word is going out and it's so great that the word is coming back into our homes during this season. So I'm so glad for that. And I just want to thank you for being with us today. Uh, if it is your first time with us uh, online, uh, we would love to know that. Uh, I would love for you uh, to get your phone out and text 706-233-1056. Just text me your name and your email address and just put first time time on there and uh, we're going to send you a message just to say hello and we, we just want to know that you're here with us if it's your first time tuning in with us and we just want to say hello to you so be sure that you do that today. Today we're talking about in, in the middle of the storm in the middle of the storm. And I think this word is appropriate for us today as we are in this situation uh, in our uh, our nation and uh, in our own very own city and state and just all across the globe, we are in this season of, of, of a storm, of, of an epidemic. And I wanna share this word with you today and I hope you are, are encouraged by it. In Mark chapter four, verse 35, it says that on the same day when evening had come, He said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And suddenly a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already feeling. But he was in the The stern asleep on a pillow, and they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? You know, I was, I was recently listening to um, a talk radio station just the other day, and they were discussing pandemics and, and the way that people handle uh, crisis in their life. And throughout the conversation, one of the speakers started comparing the difference in the way that the soldiers of World War II and Vietnam recovered from their time in battle. See, when the soldiers of World War II came home, there was this thing that happened. Some of you are listening today and you are part of it called the baby boom. And for that generation, for that next decade, actually, it was really a decade in the history of of the United States where things were flourishing. It was a time of great productivity in our nation. And the comparison to those that came home from Vietnam, it was very strikingly different. When the soldiers that fought in Vietnam came home, looking back, history really began to pin different results for those soldiers. All of a sudden, Vietnam ends, those soldiers come home. PTSD really begins to rise and really becomes known in our culture. The drug epidemic was strong all across America. Anxiety, depression, those things really started to become a topic in our homes and in our media. And really an increase in prescription drugs occurred during that time. And it's difficult really to explain why and how this could occur. They were in uh, two different time periods, but yet they both were witnessing horrific displays of violence and war. And as the speaker really continued to speak about this topic and on this issue, he began to relate to the listeners that psychologists had recognized a difference in these two. And he began to explain just what the difference was. And I I just found this very interesting. And I think you will too. It said that uh, when the Vietnam War ended, the average soldier would actually hop onto a plane and they would would be back in their home, back in their living room within three to four days. But the contrast to this is that, that when the World War II soldiers uh, ended their time in battle, they would actually get on a ship. And this ship uh, would actually take them about two months before they ever got back into their homes with their families. So uh, he, he was explaining this, this, this dynamic and what it means, see, because what do you do whenever you are on a ship for months after you've just finished a war with these people, what do you do? You grieve, you, you cry, you share stories, you, you process the traumatic details that you just witnessed. You cry together, you laugh together, you go, you are reliving this process. You're, you're, you're airing out your emotions and feelings. And because they were able to process it all on the boat for months... Once they got home, the outcome was so different. But those in Vietnam, they were home in just a few days after they stepped off the, the battlefield. And, they, and just in a few days, they were in Vietnam. But now they were sitting in their homes with people that loved them but yet had no idea what they had been going through. They had no idea what they had just witnessed and their future was so different. They could not rest. They could not sleep. Anxiety grew. PTSD was growing all because they missed a season of processing what was happening. How many of you know that processing what is going on in you and around you is so important and it can change the trajectory of your your future Mark begins this gospel that we're reading from uh, today. He begins the gospel with just action and Jesus starting his ministry. Mark M- Mark must not be one on great details because because he he really skips so many chapters in the early uh, Jesus life and he skips the birth. He skips Jesus about doing his father's business in the temple. There's no adolescent Jesus. Mark just goes right straight in where, where Jesus is performing miracles and doing his work. So, so we're here in this gospel and that, that, and, and we just find out that Jesus has just finished teaching. Um, and he gathers his disciples and tells them, Hey, let's get on the boat and let's go to the other side. We are, we, Uh, Today, we're gonna be talking a little bit about the process of getting to the other side today because spiritually speaking, God always has an other side waiting for you, amen. Aren't you glad that God has the other side waiting for you? Aren't you glad that God knows what the other side of the story is? There are so many people, They only know one side of your story, but God knows the other side of the story. He can see your victorious side of the story, amen? He can see that you are more than a conqueror. Everyone else thinks that you can't even defeat this little thing, but God knows the other side of the story. That's reason to praise him today because he knows the other side. Uh, your, Your future, the other side is always in his mind. He's always considering where he's leading you. Aren't you glad that God knows uh, what is waiting for you on the other side, the other side of that relationship, the other side of your heartbreak, the other side of your depression, the other side of this coronavirus, amen. God knows what is on the other side. Can you just take a moment in your home or in your car today and just take a praise break and thank God that there is an other side to your story? Where we're at now is not the finishing point, but there is another side. There's the other side to it. See, because I was lost, but only the other side of this, I'm going to be found. I, I may be blind now, but on the other side of this, I can see. It's all because of his amazing grace today. Can you say amen with me today? Because it's all his amazing grace that there is the other side that he's taking us to today. Jesus gets his disciples in the boat and tells them, hey, let's take a journey to the other side. Come on, let's go on this journey together. If you are in the faith with me today, you know that faith itself is a journey. It is a process. And the purpose of getting in the boat and going to the other side and going on that journey is not only to get to the other side, but it is to become more like him during the process. That's what this process is all about. We come to find him at the cross. We are justified at the cross. His blood touches us. We come into relationship with him at the cross, but it's through the process, it's, it's through the journey getting to the other side that we become more like him. It's a process of holiness and sanctification. How many of you know that whenever you are on a faith journey and you are in the The process of becoming more like Jesus, storms always arise. Amen. The word says that they were on the boat on a journey and suddenly a storm rose up and it seemed like it came up out of nowhere. How many know today that storms often appear from nothing? It seemed like everything was going fine. It seemed like you the job that you own uh, that you were on it, it, it seemed like that was the dream job, and all of a sudden the winds begin to blow against your faith and the waves begin to crash against your spirit and the rain begins to flood your mind storms are no respecter of person they do not need an invitation amen you you do not have to insert them onto your google calendar to remember that a storm's coming you don't need you don't need a reminder set up on your phone a ding on your watch you don't you you, you don't have to friend request them on Facebook. No, they just show up unannounced. They just happen. And a lot of times, we are not prepared for them. Sometimes, even, even if we knew they were coming, we would even know how to prepare for the storm that we were even told was coming. We were just minding our own little faith journey business. And suddenly that thing, that distraction appears in our life. The disciples, the word says that they, 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 they started to worry and they grew fearful. And, and just like many of us would do on that boat, when we are caught off guard, they went looking for Jesus And they find that Jesus is asleep. Now, I understand what this looks like and sounds like from the outside. And to those who are not of the faith this may make you mad this part of the story may irritate you it may ruffle your feathers that Jesus you know the one who's watching over you you know the one who invited you on the boat you know the one who asked you to go on this faith journey on the other side to the other side and and now the one who's supposed to be watching you the one that you've the the, the one that who, who's supposed to be guiding your boat the one who invited you on this journey journey in the first place. Now he's asleep when you really need him. And, and, and more than likely, you've probably been there in your journey of faith where you have said, where are you, Jesus? Let's not lie. We've all been there. Where we've just been like, where are you, Lord? Where are you, Jesus? Why are you letting me endure this pain? Why are you allowing my mother to go through this sickness? When will my lost child find his way back to you. Where are you, God? We've all pleaded late in the midnight hour. We've all we've we, we've all been humbled by the question, God, where are you? Have you ever been there? But but listen, if you've been on the faith journey with Jesus just a little while, the the, the very fact that Jesus was sleeping during the storm, this may just be the reassurance that you need this this may be the encouragement that you need to prove that that the journey of faith is actually worth it see because if you are actually of the faith, this is proof that your God does not get shaken by the storms of life, amen? Isn't it good to know that there is at least one person in your life that does not get stressed by storms, that he does not grow anxious over adversity? Isn't it calming just to know that in his ear, amen, your cry is louder than the thunder? Isn't it reassuring that God is not caught off guard by any storm. Isn't it amazing to know that in, 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 on the seas of this virus, that, 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 that it did not catch him off guard, and he is not worried, but he is at such, at a peace of mind where he can just rest in the middle of chaos. Amen? The word said that they spoke to him, the disciples did, and the word says that he arose and calmed, The storm. See, you thought he was asleep. But could it be that he was actually just waiting on your call? He is still on the main line today. We used to sing the old song that that Jesus is on the main line, just tell him what you want. The good news is that he's just waiting for a call. There are times when we think that he's asleep, but he's still on the main line this morning. And he is still the best operator, phone operator ever, ever known to man. He's never let a call get by him. He's never sent anyone to voicemail like some of you would do. Oh, America, our God is not asleep on us today. Church, he's just waiting for us to call on him. America, guess what? Our God is not asleep on us. He's just waiting for for a nation to humble themselves and pray and he will hear from heaven and heal our land. Let our faith rise up, awaken your faith today and call on him. He's not asleep. He's just waiting for a call. See, you've you've got to understand this process because if you really want to be like Jesus and be able to sleep through storms, you must have faith before you need faith. Amen. You must have faith before you need the faith. See, if you have to go searching for your faith, whenever you need the faith, you will not make it through the storm. You will not make it to the other side of this thing. But in this process that we're about to talk about of this faith journey and are trying to be like Jesus, we have to take note of Jesus' life because there are things that we can learn from his life that will allow us to be able to sleep through life's storms. See, today let's just take a moment and look at Jesus' life and let's just gather some things today that, 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 that enabled him to get to the other side in life. And and let's just lay out some things that's going to help us get to the other side and help us get through some storms when they just suddenly appear in our path to distract us. The first thing that I really want you to get in your notes today, something about Jesus is and, and, and something that we need to do is number one, slow your pace, slow your pace. Have you ever noticed that throughout the Gospels, Jesus never gets in a hurry? Can somebody say amen? It's like he never gets in a hurry. You have probably been in situations where you felt like Jesus never gets in a hurry. Lazarus was dying He was dead by the time Jesus got to him. His body was stinking, the scripture says. And they're crying out, Jesus, and Jesus is just like, okay, I'm on my way, bro, just hang on. And he's stopping along the way, and he's talking and ministering to people on the way, and Mary and Martha are there, and Lazarus is dead. You never see Jesus get in a hurry you never see him not have time for people see we live in a time when we when when when, when we mistake busy for productivity. Amen. Just because you are busy, that does not mean that you are being productive. See, because busy has become a trophy in America. It's cool to be busy. You want to be busy. It's what you tell people when they say, how's it going? Or oh, well, well, how's it going on the job? How's life? And so many times we say, oh, it's, oh, it's going, you know, I'm, I'm busy. I'm just staying busy. Listen, if you want to make it through the other side, you were going to have to slow your pace and find rest. There are so many people that they think that rest is bad. There are a lot of people that don't want their leaders to rest because they think that it's bad. You've probably heard someone say something like this, I'll take a day off when the devil takes a day off. See, you got to understand something. The devil is in hell and you're trying to be like him when you make those statements. Demons never sleep. They can't. You want to know why? Because their minds are tormented. And, 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 And if you don't watch it, you will start getting into that state where your mind is tormented and you can't turn it off at night and you can't rest. If the devil can't make you bad, He'll just make you busy. And so many times we get in these things where we feel like we've got to keep going. We've got to impress the Joneses. We've got, we got to be like them. We've got to be like the Smiths down the street. And we've got to stay busy. But you've got to understand this today. That, 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 that if the devil can't make you bad, he will make you busy. When they made it to the other side, listen, guess what was waiting on them? A demon Possessed man. Mark 5, 5 says, talking about the demon possessed man. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Did you hear that? It says night and day. He could not rest. He could not sleep. The devil had his mind so. Tormented. That is exactly where the devil wants your mind, when you cannot rest. And in this season that we are in, in our city, in our state, and in our nation, if you want to be able to win spiritual battles, if you want to be able to win battles against demon and against principalities, you need your rest. Slow your pace. Busy is not always good. Jesus didn't... Get in a hurry. If Jesus didn't get in a hurry, why should we? Jesus never got in a hurry. Guess what? He walked on water. He didn't run on the water. He walked on the water. Even in the middle of of, of trials, he did not get, he was not rushing, but he was just taking it easy. Think about your life before the lockdown that we are in right now. Think about your life before this thing called quarantine. How many people did we miss because we were too busy? Not productive, but we were just too busy. How many demons did we miss defeating? All because we were too tired mentally to fight them. To make it to the other side, you have got to slow your pace. You have got to slow your pace. Just for old times' sake, would you just look at somebody sitting across the room from you? I hope they're at least six feet away. And just tell them, know your role and slow your pace. Slow it down. You're, you, 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 you're busy. You're not being productive. Let's just be like Jesus. If we're going to make it through this, we've got to slow our Pace Number two, I want you to write down, not only, did we, not only do we need to slow our pace, but we need to just sit in silence at times. Sit in silence. Those of you who have been, who have been with your kids for days and weeks now, you know the importance of silence in your mind. Have you ever noticed that as Jesus' ministry really begins to grow and as it continues to go, grow through his life and ministry, Jesus would, he would, he would search for solitude and silence. Mark one thirty five says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Mark 6, 30 through 32. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest so they went away by themselves in a boat to to a solitary place get this in your notes today there is a difference in being around god and being alone with god There is a difference in being around God and being alone with God. Amen. If you've ever been just alone with God, you know how legit this statement is today. If the only God you get is when you are at church in the building, then your life has really been disarrayed these last couple of weeks. If the only God that you get is when you are around other people and never alone with him, let me tell you, it's going to be really hard to get to the other side of this thing. It's going to be difficult for you to survive this season that we are in as a nation. God wants to be alone with you this nation not only is addicted to being busy but we are also addicted to the noise we have music on around the clock we have we have we have systems and we have things playing uh, that, that that make quiet noises while we sleep and we are addicted to the sound of a fan running and and we 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 are addicted to noise we have earbuds in while we're walking down the street and we have earbuds in while we are in the car and we have earbuds in so we don't miss a call you and, and all of a sudden we become addicted to sound do you want to know why we are addicted to sound because silence will mess you up silence makes you feel awkward. Silence makes you deal with the real you. Can somebody say amen today? Preaching in this silent room today is is, is crazy, a little crazy for me. It feels totally different. It's pushing me out of my comfort zone it's pushing me out of the norm but but, but you've got to understand you got to realize this that, that, that it's actually in the silence when you are stripped away it's actually in the in in, in the silence when you become vulnerable to God it's in the silence when your strengths uh, become weaknesses it, it is, and it's and it's actually in the in, in the silence when your weaknesses become revealed it's it's in the silence when when, when you when your real self starts to be revealed to you it, it's in the silence, so 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 to avoid those moments, we've become addicted to we become addicted to the sound. Isolation leads to loneliness, but solitude leads to peace. Listen. It doesn't matter if you're an introvert or an extrovert. It doesn't matter if you are an Enneagram seven or a four. You have to fight for solitude with God. You need to, you need to, you need to get that in your notes. You must fight for solitude with God. You must fight for a long time with God. And it may be difficult in this moment when everybody is locked in a few rooms together but you've got to fight for solitude with God if you want to make it through this a long time with God must be a priority for you and if if, if you are married especially with kids in your house you understand the importance of date nights you know know that that they are great and, and that they are a necessity for you just for you two to be alone but as great as those are and as necessary as those are for your marriage. And and I encourage you to do those things. Guess what? God is waiting for you even more greatly than that. God is waiting for you to ask Him out. He's taken you out all of your life. What does that mean? Why? He took you out of sin. He took you out of drugs. He took you out of that relationship. He got some of you out of debt. Now in this season, you need to be alone with God. You need to go out with God. You need to start dating God again. You just need to be alone with Him because if you want to get to the other side, you got to get alone with Him. The third thing I want you to write down in your notes today is not only do we need to slow our pace, not only do we need to sit in silence and solitude, but we must also we also must Sabbath. Hmm. Sabbath. The Sabbath has changed for a lot of people, but it still means the same thing. Mark chapter two, verse 27 through 28. And he said unto them, the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Therefore, the son of man is Lord also, of the Sabbath, you see, when Jesus comes into the picture and starts his ministry, he wrecks old laws. It was like it was like he was this rebel, and he's just coming and he's reforming everything. The old law was disruptive, and Jesus came in and just and just kind of reformed. He 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 just kind of revolutionized the Sabbath. He redefines the Sabbath and everyone else around him they were worried about the old law well what you, you you can't do that Jesus and you can't teach and you and you can't heal and you can't pray and you can't be in the street so what are you doing all of these law, all these man-made laws or or, or you know religious things were, 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 were brought up to him about what you cannot do Jesus you you cannot do that but all of a sudden Jesus came and he was like well let me Show you what I can do. He said, The Sabbath is actually for you. See, the Sabbath comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, and it actually means to stop or to rest. We first see the mention of Sabbath in the very beginning of the word of the Bible in Genesis during the creation story. The Sabbath came, and God stopped and He took rest. He says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. This is what he's saying to us today. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He created the Sabbath with you in mind. If you want to be able to sleep in the storm and make it to the other side, you need the Sabbath. You need the Sabbath. A fourth thing that I want you to write down today, and the last thing is I'm coming to a close today with you all, is for he served us salvation. Not only did Jesus save those that were on the boat that day, he was their salvation, but it's also important to understand that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to this world as a man to experience life as a human being to be crucified for your sins. He was crucified on a cross. When he died, they took him down from that cross. They wrapped up his body in the grave clothes. They placed him in a borrowed tomb. And then the Spirit came into that tomb on the third day and he arose. It was resurrection. It was resurrection, it was Easter. And after the resurrection, he appeared to the 11 remaining disciples, and he said to them, Mark 16:15 through16, "Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved." but he who does not believe will be condemned. He said, go and tell everybody that I'm bringing salvation to them, that salvation is here, that it is available. Go tell everybody. Speaking of making it to the other side, our world is in a state of panic. Right now, And I think it can be summed up because of two reasons. One, because we have come to the realization that we are not in control of this thing. And we don't know what to do except freak out. And the second thing, we have been reminded that one day we will die yeah those two things i believe it sums up the reason why the world is in this state that we are in during this season of uncertainty we not only need to make sure that we are going to the other side but we like jesus have to serve people salvation We need to help other people make it to the other side. It's our moment. It's our day. And we can't get to the other side unless we go through this process. Getting to the other side. The other side. These days, I long long Just to get to the other side. To make it to the other side. I am so ready and eager for the trumpet to sound. Can somebody say amen? I'm so ready. I am so ready for the rapture. I am so ready for this thing called life to end. I am so ready to get to the other side but I want you to be in the other side too. And if you are watching news and you're watching media, or you're just alive going through the day and you hear people talk about these things that are going on around us, I just want to tell you today that things like this must happen because they are fulfilling prophecy. We don't understand it sometimes, but the Bible prophesies. It tells us, look, there will be perilous times. There will be locusts. There'll be plagues. There'll be natural disasters. All of these things must take place before the trumpet sounds and the Lord returns for his people before we get to the other side. And I want to tell you today, if you are listening to this, more than ever, you may be a part of Legacy Church or this may be your first time listening. I just want to tell you, as a Christian, as a pastor, you need Jesus Christ. You need him if you want to get to the other side. You need him. You need him. Right there where you are today, I want to pray with you. First, I really want to give an invitation for those of you who may be listening today that where you are, you say, you know what? I need Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior today. I need him. I need him right now in this boat that I'm in. I need him right now in this, in this season I'm in. I can feel the wind. I can feel the waves. I need, I need a peace speaker in my life. I need somebody who can calm storms. I just need a Savior in my life. If that's you today and you want Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, would you just repeat after me? Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you today, Lord, and I thank you, God, for sending your one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to earth to be crucified, to be resurrected for my salvation. Lord, I confess my sin to you today for I am not perfect, for I have failed you. But today, but today I confess that you are my Lord and that you are my savior. I confess today that the old me is gone and I'm stepping into the new me. I confess today that I'm making it to the other side. I confess today that I will never go back to the old me. And I confess today that my life has been made new through the blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Now, will you just say these things with me? Will you just say, I am a child of God. Say, I am a son or I am a daughter of the Most High. Say, I have been made new. Say, I am going to make it to the other side. Just say, my eyes are fixed on you today, Lord. Amen. You've just prayed one of the most important prayers in your life. And yes, it may just be words, but now it's time for you to activate those words. Now it's time for you to activate those words. And I wanna pray for those of you who are listening today, that you May be in this situation where you need to learn how to sleep in the middle of storm. You need to learn that this process of how to make it to the other side in your faith journey. You may be in this in this process, and and you may be you may be one of these who who you just need to slow your Pace. you may be one of those who you need to you need to really make silence and solitude a part of your a part of your daily goals or you may be one of those who you need sabbath you need you need rest and you need to know how to stop everything you may you may be one of those who just you you really want to help people uh to the cross you want to serve them salvation you want to get them there you want to you want to be a part of this process if that's you right there would you just would you just raise your hands in the room where you are at? And would you just would you just receive these these words I'm praying over you today? God, I pray for my brothers and for my sisters, Lord, as they are in their homes today, as they may be listening in their car or on their job today. God, I am lifting them up to you today. In this season that we are on this boat. And the storms of life are all around us, and and we are just being uh, we are just being consumed by by stats and by numbers and by the news and by media. God, I want right now. I'm praying for the people who can hear this word. God, let them slow their pace. Lord, let them not be so busy that they miss people on these on this journey. God, let them not be so busy that they that they uh, that they miss demons that they. Can't defeat, God. Let them not be so busy that they are missing the plan and of, of the process that you are taking them through, God. God, I'm praying, God, that you give these people moments to sit in silence and seek solitude, God. God, you have taken us out of so many things. God, now it's time for us to take you out for some alone time. You've taken us out of sin. You've taken us out of debt. You've brought us out of out of, out of of valleys. You've taken us out of so much. Now it's time for us to get back with you and be alone with you during this time. God, I'm declaring it over these people. I'm declaring it over these lives. God, and I'm declaring Sabbath for people. God, I'm declaring a, a season of Sabbath over these people today, God. Let them rest. Let them rest. You may be saying today, how do I do these things? What can I do? Well, I hate to point out the obvious to you, but have you heard the news? You're in lockdown right now. You're in quarantine right now. The timing is perfect. What the devil meant to destroy you, God can turn this around and make an army in this moment. We, we will be like the people who were gathered uh, in, the, in the cave of Adullam. and they came out. The worst is like they, they came out, they went in fearful, but they came out like a mighty army of God. God, I am praying right now. Do you understand? Do you understand that, 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 that the enemy is trying to destroy? But God is giving his people a moment to rest. He's giving his people a moment just to to unwind and slow their pace. He's giving them a moment for a Sabbath. He's giving them a moment for silence. And he's doing it. Why? Because there's a harvest that's waiting for the church after this. There are are battles that, that the church is about to win when we go back into the field after this. Let's take advantage of this moment. Don't rush it. We're guilty of rushing what God is trying to process. Don't rush this process. It's hard. It's frustrating at times. But God is with you. And you're going to make it through this. And you're going to come out strong. And you're going to come out restored. And you're going to come out rested. And you're going to come out standing a little taller with your shoulders back. The church is going to come out with a new facade. The church is going to come out of this with a new agenda because God is turning this season that that, that we are calling lockdown and quarantine and God is turning this season into a Sabbath moment. He's turning this season into rest. Why? Because the troops are about to hit the ground and a revival is coming. We are in the last days. The prophecies are being fulfilled right before our eyes and the church in this moment, do not hurry this process, but stay in this process Stay in the boat. Do not jump ship because Jesus is just waiting on the call from the church. He's waiting on a nation to call to cease it and the church will come out on top. Do not lose faith. Do not grow weary in your well-doing because in due time, we are gonna reach a harvest. Thank you for tuning in today. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for giving to the mission and the vision of this church as we continue to try to be a light in the hands and feet of God in our community during this season with, with different outreaches that we are doing. If you want to be a part of that mission or the vision and you want to give to the Legacy Church so we can continue the ministry during this season when, when our city needs us, you can go online at LegacyChurchRome.org or you can text any amount, the amount that you want to donate to 84321. If this word has touched you today, if you gave your heart and your life to Jesus Christ today, text 706-233-1056. Text your name and just say, Salvation. If this word has touched you today, it's touched your heart and you've got a story to tell, you can text that same number. Text us your story because we love to hear what God is doing throughout the airwaves. I thank you so much. I look forward to ministering to you next week. God bless.